Last week, President Biden held his second State of the Union. In it, the president spoke about everything from bipartisanship and economics to race and policing and health care. The key words used for the speech, let's finish the job. Here are some highlights from the speech. Every crisis we've ever entered stronger than we got into it. Look, folks, that's what we're doing again. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 12 million new jobs. More jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all, because of the American people. Two years ago, and two years ago, COVID had shut down, our businesses were closed, our schools were robbed of so much. And today, COVID no longer controls our lives. And two years ago, democracy faced its greatest threats in the Civil War. And today, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. As we gather here tonight, we're writing the next chapter in the great American story, a story of progress and resilience. When world leaders ask me to define America, and they do, believe it or not, I say I can define it in one word, and I mean this, possibilities. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. Everything is a possibility. You know, we're often told that Democrats and Republicans can't work together. But over the past two years, we've proved the cynics and naysayers wrong. Yes. We disagreed plenty. And yes, there were times when Democrats went alone. But time and again, Democrats and Republicans came together. Came together to defend a stronger and safer Europe. It came together to pass one in a, gen one in a generation, once in a generation infrastructure law, building bridges connecting our nation and our people. We came together to pass the most significant law ever, helping victims expose the toxic burn pits. And in fact, It's important. And in fact, I signed over 300 bipartisan pieces of legislation since becoming president, from reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act, the Electoral Count Reform Act, the Respect for Marriage Act that protects the right to marry the person you love. And to my Republican friends, if we could work together the last Congress, there's no reason we can't work together and find consensus on important things in this Congress as well. I think... Folks... You all are as formed as I am, but I think the people sent us a clear message. Fighting for the sake of fighting, Power for the sake of power, conflict for the sake of conflict gets us nowhere. That's always been my vision of our country, and I know it's many of yours. To restore the soul of this nation, to rebuild the backbone of America, America's middle class, and to unite the country. We've been sent here to finish the job, in my view. For decades, the middle class has been hollowed out in more than, and not no one administration, but for a long time. Too many good-paying manufacturing jobs move overseas. Factories closed down. 
once thriving cities and towns that many of you represent became shadows of what they used to be. And along the way, something else we lost, pride, our sense of self-worth. I ran for president to fundamentally change things, to make sure our economy works for everyone, so we can all feel that pride in what we do. To build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. Because when the middle class does well, the poor have a ladder up, and the wealthy still do very well. We all do well. I know a lot of you always kid me for always quoting my dad, but my dad used to say, Joey, a job's about a lot more than a paycheck. He really would say this. It's about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's about respect. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay, and mean it. Well, folks, so let's look at the results. We're not finished yet by any stretch of the imagination, but unemployment rate is at 3.4 percent, a 50-year low. A near record. A near record unemployment. near record unemployment for black and Hispanic workers. We've already created, your help, 800,000 good-paying manufacturing jobs, the fastest growth in 40 years. <laughs> and where is it written? Where is it written that America can't lead the world in manufacturing? And I don't know where that's written. For too many decades, we imported projects and exported jobs. Now, thanks to what you've all done, we're exporting American products and creating American jobs. <laughs> Folks, inflation, inflation has been a global problem because the pandemic disrupted our supply chains, and Putin's unfair and brutal war in Ukraine disrupted ener energy supplies as well as food supplies, blocking all that grain in Ukraine. But we're better positioned than any country on Earth right now. But we have more to do. But here at home, inflation is coming down. Here at home, gas prices are down $1.50 from their peak. Food inflation is coming down. Not fast enough, but coming down. Inflation has fallen every month for the last six months, while take-home pay has gone up. Additionally, over the last two years, a record 10 million Americans applied to start new businesses. 10 million. Overall, the speech itself was different. It was, uh, I'll admit, a breath of fresh air. Uh, seeing the president be more vocal and more direct, particularly to his colleagues in the uh, so many different positions that they have, and seeing him be very direct about what he expects from them, as well as their interest in his uh, actions. The thing that I find just really interesting is how, in spite of so many things that have been said, how sharp and direct he was during that entire speech. Sure, he stumbled. Again, he's got the speech impediment. He's He's, you know, that he's dealt with and he's almost like a, a thousand at this point. But to hear him speak so clearly and so direct about a lot of these issues was a breath of fresh air. Honestly, it was 
surprising given uh, everything that's been said recently. I don't know if you've all heard about the lot of there apparently been a lot of polls saying that there's a high, high percentage of Democrats that do not think he should run for a second term. Uh, so far, I mean, I'm surprised because initially he did say this would be the one and only term he would run for. Uh, but I guess times have changed. It has been almost four years and different perspectives are different perspectives. But a few key things I think that he did not do. He didn't expand on the aspect of race and policing in this country, the way he should have expanded on it. Uh, given the fact that the Nichols family was in the, were his guest and it seemed like he did not put as much emphasis on how important that was, was it seemed, it seemed like a really wasted opportunity. It seemed like a genuinely wasted opportunity. He could have highlighted the fact that uh, the Republicans seemed to have very little interest in real accountability for law enforcement, but a lot of sympathy for law enforcement, particularly in situations where they end up killing people who are unarmed. But that's, you know, that's my, that's just, that's just what, how I would have said it. I'm not, you know, I'm not president. I damn sure would never run because I, you know, ugh, why? That's, I, I have a temper already. So what the fuck do I need to, you know, just add more things to go to a therapist I'm not going to go to for. But to be serious for a moment, the way that he was able to call out his uh, colleagues in that speech and how he was very direct, a lot of other experts have pointed out that he, how direct he was, pointing at them, looking in their direction, and forcing them to have to basically bend to the facts in front of the entire country on national television. Now, of course, you did get the outburst from a lot of them. You did get the, uh, you know, the nonsense that came with that. And uh, we're going to break that down a little later. But the idea of he, the president being so direct in his words and most importantly, being so upfront with what he expects from not only his own party, but the opposite party is Interesting. Now, I do wish he would have pointed out and called out a few members of his party, particularly Senator Manchin and more people as well. Uh, Senator Cinema. I wish he would have called them out personally for the havoc that they wreaked the entire time up until uh, the Democrats were able to take full control of the Senate and the nonsense that came with that, because that was... What, what, what lack of a better word, a shit show. There was, that was nonsense. How do you claim to have so much interest and importance on the issues of your constituents, but then you would then choose to work against anything that your party claims to support or represent? And and that's another thing. I wish he would have uh, broken that, you know, tradition and called them out, like directly. Same interest and energy put into calling out the Republicans and demonstrating that, uh, I guess, that old school wit during the speech. He should have put that emphasis into calling out members of his own party, because, again, there's plenty of people who say that he shouldn't run for a second term. There's plenty of people who say that he uh, that he he's not. 
he has been doing a good job. And in this speech, he was able to, again, point out the opposite of that. He was pointing out the fact that that's not even true. His numbers and everything he's been able to accomplish, apparently more than almost the last three or four administrations, which is a feat all within its, uh, all within itself. The thing for me, again, is the fact that for every good or you know fine point of that speech, there was no there just wasn't enough bite for me. There, there should have been more uh, bite, I think. I think there should have been more bite on both uh, sides. It should have been more biting for, for his party as well as the opposite. Because, uh, again, we know what the Republicans are about. We, at this point, we understand it. We know what they're about. We, we, we know what they're really trying to do. And we know why they're trying to do it. They don't care anything about uh, anything except a corporation. And they have way too much money from their donors to care about anything else. But the... The, the 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 waves that have been put throughout the Democratic Party over the last uh, few years are just ridiculous. They are ridiculous. The amount of time that this speech was, it should have been much more direct. A few key things, I just think he should have taken more time to discuss Healthcare should have taken more time to discuss race and policing. The 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 fact that he did touch on it, but it did seem like he had like he he didn't stick to it. Like he he brought it up, he spoke about it, but it wasn't enough time to expand. Like he didn't put a lot of time into expanding on it. I know he was trying to get the points that he was trying to get across, but there could have been more when it came to those issues. Given the fact, again, that there was being uh, the recent case of Mr. Nichols, uh, given the, the uh, there's a current case out of Texas of a man who was tasered in the back of an ambulance while he was having a seizure. Now, this is, of course, th th these are just, this is, just now, this is new information to me. I, now this is just new information to me. I haven't done the full research into that story as well. But just again, another example: race and policing in this country should be taken more seriously. And I hate the fact that he did not really make the time to expand on that the way he should have. And. I know there are going to be some people going to say, well, why does everything have to be about race? Because everything is about race. Everything is about race until it's not. When, and I say this to people I know. When we can go around and say, I don't like you because you ain't shit and have nothing personally, sexually, um, or racially attached to telling somebody that, then we've achieved peace. That's what peace is. When you can talk crazy and cuss and and call somebody a motherfucker and have no racial or homophobic or misogynistic apathet bullshit connected to it. You could call somebody a bitch ass punk and have nothing connected to it. You have achieved peace. That's peace in our time. Peace in our time.
Imagine that. That is what peace in our time really is. It's not, oh, we love each other, we like each other. No, it's when we can all tell each other to fuck off and not have any kind of connection to the fact that we're telling this person to fuck off because they're black or because they're Hispanic, or because they're white, or because they're gay, or because they're a woman, or because of this or that. That is that's peace. That's real peace. That's the peace that nobody wants to admit is probably the only way we'll ever find it. We can stop liking people just because they suck and not attach some shit to it because we're terrible people. <sighs> but I digress. If there's more to this, and again, I'm going to try to break uh, this down a little bit more uh, throughout the week. I'm going to try to probably, I may do a, another recap episode or so, or or two, to try to go deeper into this speech. But for the most part, I think that it was a good speech. Again, I think there should have been uh, some greater emphasis on a few other things. But, of course, that's just my perspective. We're going to move on to our next story. And that next story is. What's up, everybody? Looking for news, looking for stories that you care about? Well, you've come to the right place. Here at the Night Shift Network, we talk about everything from politics to life. Look, we're not the best podcast network, but we are pretty good. With shows like The War at Home and Just My Opinion, with new shows and development as we speak. So what do you got to lose? Please like, share the Night Shift Network. We're available on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and now officially iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. More platforms coming soon. If you'd like to donate to the show directly, you can do so with, of course, Cash App, dollar sign Food for Thought 99. That's dollar sign Food for Thought 99. And as always, we're with you, and you are with the Night Shift Network. Thank you for listening, and be safe. This has been The War at Home, presented to you by the Night Shift Network, available on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and see you soon.